0: I'm Laura Vinroot Pool. For over 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion, these are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her. Sarah Olin is a professional coach based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our work with Sarah has changed the course of our business at Capital and made our lives so much richer. Plus, she keeps us laughing through our tears. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Remind me how we met. And before we even start, actually, I want you to know that you're the one who encouraged me to do the podcast. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank
1: (laughs) you. I love listening to it. So it's such a full circle moment to be here. And uh,
0: yeah, you really did. You encouraged me. I I hope I'm getting better because it was definitely out of the blue that we just started doing it. But it's been fun.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that I really love about you. You have an idea and you think, yeah, I'm just going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually one of the brilliant things about, I think, being a small business. Yeah. And also being the boss. That you can pivot quickly and what yeah. you say goes.
0: Well, I always tell my team, I've, I've rarely said no to things, you know. Yeah. So please come to me with ideas or things you want to do because I, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I said no. Yeah. I mean, what's it's so you know, cool? <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You could fail. All right. Yeah. And then you get back up again and try something else. Yeah. You're not from here, from Charlotte. No. I'm
1: from far, far away.
0: (laughs) Magical land called Rhode Island. A tiny land called Rhode Island. Tiny, small,
1: little roadie. The best little state.
0: What are your memories from growing up in Rhode Island?
1: I think the things that stand out the most are family dinners at Mm. my grandmother's. We went with my cousins every Sunday, and it was just kids and cousins and aunts and uncles and The adults laughing and having drinks and the kids running around and playing outside, hide-and-go-seek. Real all-American. Totally. And we had one of the things about Rhode Island, we have frozen lemonade, Mm. not ice cream trucks. So the frozen lemonade man would come around and jingle that bell. And it was, baby, run, everybody, get those quarters. And, And those kinds of things and going to the beach.
0: And what would your parents say about you, what you were like growing up? They called me the informer. (laughs) Not the enforcer, the informer? The informer. So you had all the dirt on everybody? That's right.
1: (laughs) I I was their eyes when they were busy being adults. I was watching the kids, keeping them informed. Um, They were on a need-to-know basis, and they needed to know. That
0: sounds a lot like a little person I know now, your daughter. (laughs) It sounds a little like that. Laura, she is. She is, right? Exact, And she's very stylish like you are. Were you into clothes when you were little? Yes. I
1: always liked clothes. In fact, I remember one year, my sister and I are 18 months apart. I'm older, but she's taller and she's like Gabrielle Reese kind of physique, (laughs) Uh strong and blonde. Uh (laughs) I remember one birthday her birthday's in April, and mine's in October. So she would get a whole bunch of clothes, and I'd be looking, eyeing her goods, <laughs> like, "Yes, I'm going to be <laughs> wearing those. That's going to be mine very soon, <laughs> very soon."
0: <laughs>
1: you went to New York straight from Rhode Island. No, well, went out to California oh. for a few years, back to Rhode Island, and then New York. And to what did you study? Communication and women's studies. Uh huh. Yeah. That's really,
0: I, I'm seeing this. Right? It's it all like... makes sense. <laughs> and then when you moved to New York, what were you doing? You, I think you were, I feel like you were acting. I was. Yeah. I was.
1: And uh, I wasn't great at it. <laughs> <laughs> Not very good. And I wasn't super, super committed to it either. I had already found yoga at that point, mm-hmm. And that was really in meditation. In Rhode Island, there was one yoga studio that had kundalini one class a week in Hmm. New York. There were kundalini studios every day, all day, several Hmm. times a day. So my practice and that became... Was it always kundalini for you? It was always kundalini. Disconnected from the beginning? No, actually. (laughs) I just didn't know. That there were other kinds? (laughs) Exactly. I thought kundalini was, you know... Where it started was in California. I'd see all these women with the yoga mats and the outfits, and I thought, that's good. They look happy. They've got something figured out that I haven't (laughs) caught up to yet. I said, when I move back to Rhode Island, I'm going to learn that yoga. And there's a beautiful studio right up the street from my house Hmm. that offered everything. Hmm. Hatha... Yin. I mean, you name it, every type. And I didn't know one from another. It was all the same. Right. So I got the class that fit my schedule was the Kundalini. Huh. And my teacher was wearing the white and the <laughs> turban and the chanting. I said, all right, this is
0: cool. <laughs> so it was really about the fashion.
1: It was really about the fashion, <laughs> even even then. Um, actually, it was about the the chanting and the meditation yeah. that really got me, huh. that I loved so much. And that's where the love affair started. But I didn't realize at that time that all yoga didn't have meditation necessarily, Uh that it was actually more rare. So I got confused when I'd go into other yoga classes and I'm, you know, waiting, (laughs) laying there. When is the meditation coming? And they're like, "Okay, bye. (laughs) No meditation for you. So I got to see that there were so many different types. And, of course,
0: I liked the weird one. And then it was too late. You so see, you're acting in New York, taking classes, and then said, This is so awesome, I wanna continue and Yeah.
1: Yeah. In fact, when I left Rhode Island I knew that I would be trained as a teacher in Kundalini mm-hmm. and I remember one of my acting teachers said, You gotta choose. Mm-hmm. Are you an actress or a yoga teacher?
0: Was it hard? No. <laughs> it was no. clear.
1: It was very clear. And it was you know, they say with acting, if you can do anything else, you should do that. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's so hard. Yeah. It's such a challenging industry. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I could be happy doing anything, Hmm. really. I knew that it wasn't all that there was for me. Yeah. And I have one of my roommates in New York, she's still at it writing and Hmm. comedy. And, you know, you either have
0: it and it's everything, everything, or you can walk away. So how did you move from kundalini yoga to coaching? A couple of different ways. One actually
1: was I'd talk to these HR directors about their companies and their teams and what was happening. And they'd say things like, I just want to pay you to talk to you. And I said, yes, (laughs) yes, this is a brilliant idea. (laughs) And I always loved people and really connecting with people. So I knew that. There was a conversation, and I thought I was going to be a therapist. Right. I was researching grad schools, mm-hmm. and in California, I had done, at San Diego State, you can do a whole bunch of graduate work without actually being a matriculating student, so I had done that, and I had Plus always... been a bartender. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I was just there for the people, <laughs> truly there for the people, and my yoga
0: teacher used to say that people went to the bar to get the love. <laughs> Talk to me about coaching a little bit. What do you think the symptoms are of someone who may need coaching? <laughs> um, a pulse. Um,
1: <laughs> a breath. A, a partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, it can be, I think, beneficial to anybody. Mm-hmm. Therapy was the thing for me for so many years. Mm-hmm. I started going to therapy when, when I was 12 years old. Same here. And <laughs> uh, loved it. Loved and it.
0: At a certain point, though, it was time for a different conversation. Well, I think you told me, because I, I too, have been in therapy since I was probably 12, and you said a therapist isn't going to say, here are the steps you need to take yeah. next. You know? yeah. They're going to listen and help you analyze and help you understand the way you feel and why you're feeling this way or why you're doing these things. But they're not going to say, and you, you need to stop doing these things, and here are the ways to do that. Totally. (laughs) And
1: it's a different relationship with the therapist. It feels almost not, and not all, you can't say it universally, but doctor-patient sort Mm -hmm. of thing where there's more of a hierarchy. And in the coaching conversation, it's much more of a partnership and let's look at it together. And it's meant to be super direct. And I think that therapy is different where it's much you you really get to have your process and your feelings right. and, and all that is more important. And in coaching, it's much less important.
0: Do you vet the people you work with? Like if, if you don't think you can partner with them, do you not work with them? I'm getting better and better at that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't always been the
1: best because, you know, you're also – when you're drawn to this profe- – you want to help everybody. Yeah. and And you can see possibility in everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's really – I've gotten better, but I'm still not perfect. But mm-hmm. my, my it, gut check is much better.
0: <laughs> Why do you think that
1: self-development is important? I think it's changed. Every generation gets better and better. You know, what we do and read and think and mm-hmm. go out, I mean, it was just so different. Mm. Even if I think about Mirabelle's childhood and my childhood, in my mom's childhood, right. and, and how so totally different and I think that we have so much more information now Mm. that it's a shame to waste it Mm -hmm. you know and people don't have to suffer Mm -hmm. and be unhappy and do things that they don't want to do that so many things are changing and transforming yeah for women in particular learning how to access their power it's an amazing time
0: yeah it is there's so many things that you're doing and helping. And just to watch you work is so exciting for me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, working And I've with- also referred to 100 people to you because I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is Sarah can fix everything.
1: <laughs> she will help 99 out of 100 times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though. It's amazing. And especially the work with women. It's just so meaningful and you, you understand each other and... Mm-hmm. It's funny, my practice ebbs and flows with men and women. Mm-hmm. And right now I have one man. It's just really cool the conversations that you get to be in and really touch the deepest mm-hmm. things that matter and create transformation with people.
0: It's also amazing how quickly women's lives have changed. I mean, in, in the last 100 years, the last 20 years, <laughs> the last two years, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so, so different than it was. The
1: modern woman was
0: sold a bill of goods. Yeah, Historically, in the history of
1: the world, there has never been a time when women were expected to work, <laughs> take care of the home and the family, and fundamentally alone. Yes, they have their spouse, but families have always been grandparents and great-grandparents right. and, and, and everybody doing that job mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And now it's...
0: Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's the greatest lie of the modern world. Yeah, how do they unlearn that? I mean, how are you doing that? Well, I think the the first step is shining a light on the lie, Mm -hmm. and really normalizing it wasn't meant to be this way. It never was this way.
0: Right. Families and communities didn't operate like this. Right. I think it's interesting also that your career started, or that your coaching career started with Luscious Mother. Yeah, which is your helping onboard women to get back to work after maternity leave. Yeah. And that's how I met you. That's yeah. how we started. Interesting because that's where that's where it's so shockingly clear too, isn't it? Oh.
1: <laughs> and it's unbelievable how much fear. My mom told me recently when she was pregnant with me, you couldn't say it at work, they would fire you like that. Yeah, and absolutely. she worked for a big insurance company at the time. Yeah. And her boss came up to her one day and said, Are you pregnant? And she just, wow, her face fell and she said, yes, how did you know? And of course, you know, mm. and and thank God it's a different world today where we actually get to be pregnant. Yeah. And it's
0: amazing, right? That's, that's one seems,
1: generation. That's crazy.
0: What are some of the things that our listeners can do to start a self-development self-develop- journey if they're not quite ready for a coach? Or there I, books they could read, or
1: oh yeah, there's
0: so much great information
1: out there. I think do as much as you can on your own. And coaching is graduate level, and by the time you're ready for that, mm-hmm. you're already ahead of the class. Mm-hmm. From books, I'm liking Pam Grout these days. Tell me about her. She's a she's a meta metaphysician if you will <laughs> she's more on the woo-woo side i mean there's and there's different varieties florence chauvel shin too she's super old school she's not even alive anymore and her books are if you can get past the the christianity aspect it's it's really simple messaging but so powerful about our mindset and the words that we use how our words create our world yeah So, you know, and how we see the world and those sorts of things. So I love those and Abraham Hicks, they do great work. Uh, Jen Sincero is fantastic with You Are a Badass, Mm -hmm. really basic, but really practical things. And what I love about these peeps and these books is it's not just, you know, that awareness wheel of, oh, yeah, I know. Okay. It's actually now what?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it gives you that practical. Yeah. Do this, do that, mm-hmm. do this. And there's a bajillion podcasts.
0: Yeah. What's and your f- favorite podcast?
1: I like Lewis Howe's School of Greatness. Mm-hmm. I like Marie Forleo. She's a coach and she does, you know, she really does a nice job of straddling the professional conversation and the life conversation. Mm-hmm. Is this something you felt called to do? Being with people? Yeah. Like this? Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> and it it didn't, you know, yoga and meditation was so cool uh-huh. and, and truly great. But I would get to my client's home to teach them when it was a private mm-hmm. and they would just – start crying. Break down, yeah. And, and just want to talk. So yeah. we would talk in five minutes of yoga and see you later. Yeah. So it was just... And did you
0: have a name for it? Like, did you know that that was what you should, that you needed to move into that from yoga? Or I mean, was it a thing yet? It was just starting to be a thing in New York.
1: Right. People were talking about it, not like it is now. Now it's more normal. But even when, when I started almost eight years ago, it was you know, you're a coach, a soccer coach, a basketball coach. And life now coach. It's exactly. For your life. And, and now it's it's much more Mainstream. Oprah in and, yeah. and everybody. It's it's out there. Yeah.
0: Which is really cool. What continues to excite you about it? Oh, just that. There's so many people to help. There are so many people to
1: help. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um There's always a new way into the conversation that you haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for one book at Park Road recently, Mm -hmm. and and this other book jumped off the shelf (laughs) called Radical Collaboration. Mm. Radical Collaboration, what's that? And it's just these two guys who have done a lot of research around teams and how to be in partnership and what it looks like. Mm. And I said, oh, this is so cool.
0: Right, you know,
1: <laughs> where where can I bring this conversation? Who will it make a difference for? Yeah, and and how will I grow from it too?
0: Do you enjoy working with big groups, with companies, or individuals, or all of the above? My now the challenge is really in groups, yeah, in teams. Because you see, I, I mean, I, just to watch our team change and grow so much has been so rewarding, and so really so transformative. I mean, it's a completely different group of people, individuals and team.
1: Yeah, they're amazing. And
0: they were ready.
1: Yeah. You know, they, they They were were
0: ready. And when they weren't ready, they left, you know, which is one of the things that is hard about coaching. I think some people are not going to be okay with it. Right. And that's, (laughs) it's a, it's a
1: natural consequence. (laughs) Yeah. And I tell people too. some, and I think in places I could do a better job, but
0: But most leaders don't want that. You know, they're like,
1: what? Yeah. No, most people are freaked out. (laughs) Yeah. They get really scared. Yeah. Which I understand. But that's part of it is that people get upset. Yeah. They get angry. They don't understand. But Mm -hmm. the opportunity is that truly breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. Yeah. And if we're always avoiding a mess, we're never going to get
0: anywhere. Mm hmm My one-on-one, my, you know, individual work with you just – I would have the worst migraine after every yeah after every meeting and we we met for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of migraines and you know it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And that's I mean that's just all this all that stuff trying to get out of your body, I guess. I don't get
1: migraines when I'm talking to my coach. I black
0: out. Really?
1: When we're having a really deep conversation and she's pushing right into the thing. Yeah and it's snap wake up yeah (laughs) and and I'll have to ask her sometimes can you write this down because I just there's no way I'm gonna remember I'm no way I'm gonna remember this and I know it's so important yeah but when it's really in the heart of whatever it
0: is Uh that's sensitive yeah it is like a massage you know it's like it is yeah and once you you push hard enough I guess you all the muscles release and relax and you can move through it what's the most challenging thing about what you do
1: It's tricky because I'm bringing in something completely different than what someone thinks. Right. So I'm basically over here, everything that you think could be different than what you thought. Uh So that's a big pill to swallow. Like, you mean to tell me I've been doing it this way for 20 years (laughs) and it didn't have to be? And that's tough for people sometimes. Yeah. It can really be hard. And they cling to their beliefs so... Strongly that putting it down would just be too much to bear, mm-hmm. so the most challenging thing is when i when i can't when I really can't get in, that's so hard, yeah, and heartbreaking.
0: how do you s- define success for yourself in twenty twenty personally?
1: Success this year would really look like being more present and enjoying. Enjoying things more mm-hmm. because there's so much great stuff <laughs> and and that would be success to really
0: appreciate it. I mean, from the outside, you just, you seem so busy. You don't behave busy, but I know you're so in demand. I don't know how you enjoy things because you're scheduled up to the minute. Yeah. <laughs> What's so cool is, and this is a blessing and a curse, is that I just
1: love it so much. Yeah. And I have so much fun with people. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Truly. It's It's, my heart's greatest. It's so
0: amazing to love what you do and it's so
1: unusual. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. And and that's why it's so heartbreaking when you see people suffering and staying in something that just, because it doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. How about for business? (laughs) This year... (laughs) Business success is selling the book uh-huh. and creating an online program hmm. for expecting moms. Wow. Because to do the one-on-one work yeah. you know, can be cost prohibitive and yeah. companies will generally only invest in super high performers. But if it's more accessible financially, mm-hmm. then more women will get hmm. to experience this.
0: Wow. Yeah, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah. That's that would be success this year.
0: You're also here because you're leading a panel on wellness at the store tomorrow. And something I love hearing you ask is for people to identify the things that they need for basic well being, particularly mothers. What are the things that you need for well being? Sleep <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Fresh
1: air. Mm. Getting outside. Taking breaks. Mm-hmm. Having fun. Yeah. Moving, meditating. If I have those things, mm-hmm. I'm good. Most important, I would say sleep, and then meditation. Mm. It's gonna work.
0: It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> those are the basics. There's different levels. Mm-hmm. I need a little control over my food. Yeah, and that just because I travel so much, I need, I need to know what I'm having for breakfast. Yeah, I can't go to a, like a hotel buffet every day. <laughs> It's uh, like, no, I can't do that. Uh, and so that's something really, really important for me. And yeah, I need sleep, and I I really need outside, and I need trees, yeah. and like real grounding, yeah, things like that.
1: So when you're on the road,
0: how do you make sure you've got a great breakfast? I'm pretty meticulous about where I stay and what I, you know, mm-hmm. in, in when we're in Paris, we stay in a an apartment and have a woman I work with there who stocks the refrigerator with the things that I need you know and I also have celiac disease so which is a little difficult you know challenging in Paris wow so having that all you know I mean it's just to have that all set so I can start my mornings off strong yeah and safe for a celiac which sounds really dramatic but it's kind of a thing you know it's a huge thing (laughs) yeah and sounds silly, but I, with sleep, like I need my my baby pillow that I've had since I was a little girl, and okay. uh, <laughs> you know, and just things from home like that that make you feel like you know a bed is a bed is a bed that it feels like your own your own bed. Yeah. What's the <laughs> hardest part about the travel? I think just being away from my daughter and my husband and yeah. and work. But I've always been that kind of a person. I think I've always been. A little bit of a transient person, I, you know. In in elementary and high school, I was always sort of a floater and could be friends with you know the nerds and the potheads and the, you know the, <laughs> everybody. And yeah. um and so I do I sort of drift in and out of my life like that. But uh, but I also think it's important for me just because we also travel to the same places over and over. I mean, we'll yeah. go to Europe eight times a year. So I have restaurants that I go to that I – and so you know the people. Like in Milan, there's a little place I go to, and it's a husband and wife that are in their 70s and 80s. And I eat there every single night in Milan, and it's probably six tables. But it's like eating at your grandparents' house. And so – they take, you know, they love you and hug you and, you know, and (laughs) so I think it's finding little moments like that, that feel real, you know, like I can't just breeze in and out, pick out clothes and not have real relationships with people. Yeah. You know, for me, I really do need to ask about their families and their what they did for Christmas and those sort of things. My best friend from boarding school is in, in the business too. So I almost always have dinner with her once when I'm there and It has to be real to me. It has to be grounded and solid and not too floaty. You know, I don't know what it is. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And that is such a grounding thing, that Mm -hmm. human connection.
0: Yeah, human connection and food and hugs and yeah. Yeah,
1: and and a familiar face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and kindness and, and someone who's happy to see you.
0: Yeah. And I can make friends anywhere. I mean, I'm not, I'm really comfortable anywhere. I can figure that out. But it is nice to really to know about somebody's family, that family member that was sick that I, you know, that I'd learned about last time and to be able to, you know, all all the normal real life things.
1: It speaks to you and who you are (laughs) and, and what's important to you. Yeah. You know, what your values are. And it is, there's so much around family and relationships. Yeah that really matters showing up for people.
0: Yeah. When I and I always say if this is just gonna be about clothes, then this I'm shutting it down because that's really boring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's not, not that to boring. Me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and not to, you know, everyone who comes here. But I I understand there's it's a much much more complex. It's not unifaceted. It's very multifaceted. It's very
0: multi for me, yeah. Yeah. It has to be. And I
1: know that you are really into all different types of well-being. Yes. What's <laughs> What's the thing that's most exciting to you right now? Because I know you've done yoga and tarot, I, I, the whole <laughs> shebang, the whole witchy catalog of the
0: things. <laughs> yeah, I've done all of it. Yeah. I do have a lot of massage just because of the amount of planes I'm yeah. on. I have a infrared sauna that I really love at home. Wow. That makes a huge difference just to sweat out all the toxins from the planes. Massage is great, but Pilates or or yoga helps so much more for me to actually to move myself rather than somebody moving me. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> there's something in that that I feel. I feel. Well, I guess because you feel more. Maybe I feel more energized at the end of it and stretched out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do both. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that this is really kind of ridiculous, but for Christmas I got a. This, the coolest treadmill that has it's an iFit tr- uh, Nordic track trainer that you do runs but I've been on this series of running through Croatia and you have a coach that runs with you and it's really really cool oh my god that's amazing it's been really fun and um yeah because the weather at this time could be so unpredictable and it's uh but it's really nice to and, and it, I, honestly, this is so crazy. I, I mean, I was running in Paris, but I had to stop a couple days in because the pollution was so bad; I could hardly breathe. It's a bad time of year for pollution there. It's something about the way the clouds sit, I guess. It's really nice to be able to run in Croatia in the basement. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I really love it. I'm coming over <laughs> with my sneakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but infrared sauna feel it makes. I mean, I think this that that makes me feel incredible too. Yeah. But that's the Swedish in me. Oh, Orosoma, have you ever done that? No, that's really cool. (laughs) It's a hundred bottles of oil, but they're separated by color. So it's like a pink and a red bottle, and a yellow and a green bottle, and they're you know they're they're separated, and they're these little square bottles, and you pick the ones you're attract the ones you're attracted to, and. They, (laughs) Sarah, your face, they tell you about kind of where you are, who you are, where you are at this moment, who you want to be, who you were, I mean, all these things. And there's like a whole, it's a whole, I don't even know, philosophy, idea, I don't even know what you would call it. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. There's so much out there.
1: (laughs) And for someone who's been a Kundalini practitioner Uh for 20 years, I have not done so many of the things. (laughs) I've never even had tarot or a fortune teller. They're not fortune tellers. What are they, psychics?
0: Seers, maybe. Sure, none of it. (laughs) But I really
1: should. I just don't want any bad
0: news. No, there's no bad news unless you want bad news. No bad news. No, you won't have it. Good news.
1: Someone reading my Akashic
0: records or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah! Oh, I have an astrologer. I, I'm, I'm. You a, have all the things. You have all the. People. I'm into all the things. I am into all the things. But I'm a Pisces. Yeah, I'm just a little out there. But I like it. It's recreational. It's so fun, <laughs> and I think that that's one of the
1: things that I love about you. It's so unexpected. You'd never. I seem
0: more serious than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, and and this is just my own perception of really amazing fashion. That it would take something, but. What I've noticed about pretty much everyone I've met through here, they're so open.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: so interested and learners.
0: Yeah, listeners learn. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, it's really, really cool. (laughs) And I've gotten to learn so much about, you know, clothing through our work and been ruined (laughs) for life. Obviously, we all know that.
0: Away from coaching and wellness. <laughs> what did you wear to the prom? I wore
1: <laughs> a red dress. Whoa. It was so beautiful. Aww. It was a, I guess, a sheath dress. Okay. Long. Mm-hmm. Column. Column. Yep. A column with red sequins. Whoa. All red sequins. And it had four lines that went across with a little attachment here. Yeah. Asymmetrical. Yes, mm-hmm. four, and, and okay. they were all sequined, and it was so beautiful Aww. and simple, and I would wear it again. What
0: did you do with your hair? I you wore, had long hair.
1: I had such long hair then, It was and it was really simple. It was just back up here, a little puff like Alyssa Milano used to wear on Who's the Boss. Okay, That kind of vibe so long in the back and just Pretty. out of the face. I'm going to dig up the pictures and send yeah. them because – It's good.
0: I love it. I can't wait to see the pictures. It's really good. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda.